Attention, Retronauts listeners. If you'd like to meet us in person, and of course you would, we'll be doing a panel at this year's Portland Retro Gaming Expo in beautiful Portland, Oregon. On Sunday, October 23rd, we'll be holding the Retronauts' 10th anniversary panel at 3 o'clock p.m. in Auditorium B. And, of course, you will need to be an attendee of the Portland Retro Gaming Expo to attend. But it doesn't stop there. Later that night, from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m., we'll be holding a private Retronauts event at Quarterworld, located at 4811 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard in Portland. Attendance will be free, not counting Quarter World's cover charge, but to get in you must print out a ticket from the event's Eventbrite page and bring it along with you. To find the Eventbrite page, head on over to Retronauts.com or our Facebook page at Facebook.com Retronauts. It'll be pinned to the top until the day of the event. We hope to see you there, and remember, you must ask before touching us because we are very sensitive boys. Remember, that's Sunday, October 23rd in Portland. Be there or not be there. This week on Retronauts, we want to eat your children. Everybody, those were the immortal words uttered from Mike Tyson towards Lennox Lewis about his children. They were never eaten, thank God. But Mike Tyson is the subject in a sort of way because today's episode is about Punch-Out. This is Retronauts, of course. I'm your host, Bob Mackey, for this one. Please, person across the table, tell me who you are. I'm Jeremy Parrish, and I personally have no desire to eat children at all. Well, Jeremy, I have, I have some uh, surprising news for you, actually. Uh, today, your name is something different. Today, you are... Mr. Sandman! Because you told me you were sleepy. That's why I chose that. Uh, and okay. Just on East Coast time, okay? Yes, I know. I'm, I'm picking on you. Uh, who is next to Jeremy? Uh, Chris Antista. Chris, uh, I hate to be somewhat racist, what? but unfortunately, this is your name for the podcast. Pizza Pasta! Pizza Pasta. Yes, you are Pizza Pasta. Wonderful. And, uh, and who else is here today? I have another racial slur to throw uh, out. Minor circuit champion Dave Rudden. And Dave Rudden. Aaron Ryan! Yeah, let's hear that again. Yes, uh, perhaps the most grotesque fighter gonna, in Super Punch Out. I don't I know. Hit you with my boxing glove loaded with a horseshoe, man. They really hated uh, cool. the Irish in Super Punch Out. I don't know why. Yeah, they're equal opportunity offenders. I tr- that's true. I can, I can only speculate that I think they said that they had some old perception of how Americans regarded the Irish. Yes, <laughs> uh, they're probably like looking into like 1920s yeah. comics or something. But yeah. as for me, this is me. Well, Charlie. <laughs> because I say, legalize it, don't criminalize it, <laughs> or criticize it, rather. Uh, yes, so today's episode is all about Punch-Out. It's going to be pretty silly because this is our 9 millionth podcast we're recording this weekend. and um, There's no oxygen left there's no in the oxygen studio. Left. Did you guys uh, say you're punch-drunk? Uh, a little bit, yes. In fact, I think that was the, that was my theme to be punch drunk for this episode. Did you, did you know the following line that he said after the threat to eat Lennox Lewis's <gasps> children? No. Praise be to Allah. Oh, what? Just, yes, that was, that was the the next line, and then he stopped talking. I are really you, think he's going to like that. Are you being a joking jokester, Chris? <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not. That was, that's one of my favorite sports quotes. Okay, I didn't know he converted. Did he convert to Islam yeah, in prison? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought so, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're lear- I'm learning a lot about Mike Tyson right yes, now. Yes, and I, I just right off the bat, I hate sports. But one of the best things I watched last year was a documentary, Chasing Tyson. If you want to see how huge he was, it does include a tiny bit of conversation about this game. But okay. It, and to show how big he is, the documentary is called Chasing Tyson, and it's about Evander Holyfield. <laughs> Jesus. Who isn't even worthy of his own name in his own documentary. The funny thing is, we're going to talk a lot about Mike Tyson's punch-out, but Mike Tyson 
was existed in the Punch Out universe for three of its thirty yeah. three years, I think still 32 synonymous. Two years, How? but he's still synonymous. The thing about Punch Out is I did a ton of research about it, and this series is strangely important, and it it goes far beyond the NES version. We're very mm-hmm. uh, we're very knowledgeable about, and of course, it's probably one of the more iconic games on the NES. But I did want to explore the roots of Punch Out, the people behind Punch Out, and I did a ton of research. And the the key figure behind this is a man named Genyo Takeda who is a true Nintendo lifer. He joined the company in 1972. He's still there, which still means there. he's celebrating his 45th year of employment in 2016. He is sort of like the poster boy for Japanese uh, like corporate employment. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you are literally a, a family member in Nintendo now. Like, yes. So uh, he was Nintendo's first video game designer even before Gunpei Yokoi That's crazy, created though. the Game Boy. He, I think he predated him by just a few years, well, actually. Well, he was, he was uh, Gunpei Yokoi was at Nintendo before... Yes. Before Takeda, first just, video game, right? He didn't, yes. he didn't create video games until exactly. After yes, he was creating toys, but um, he was on the video game train far before uh, Yokoi was yeah. in terms of 75? design. Well, Yokoi was making electromechanical toys, yes. Yes. like the the. Um, Arm? Kosenju light gun toys and mm-hmm. things like that. Right, right. This dips back into early Nintendo history in which I think Nintendo wants us to believe that they began making arcade games with Donkey Kong. But Nintendo has a long history of maybe some not-so-good arcade games. And their first one was called EVR Race, which is something that Takeda worked on in 1975. This is directly related to Punch-Out, in case you're wondering why I'm bringing I this want, up. I, ha- I want to hope it's pronounced Ever Race because <laughs> it's such a cool name. Actually, EVR, Chris, stands for an acronym. Electronic Video Recording it, because this was a gambling game. In which <laughs> you place the bet on whether your horse or car, depending on what you know video track was playing, yeah. which one would win. I'm not sure what you win. You would win if you um, you know placed the bet on the right horse or car. But it essentially worked by switching to a different randomized video track yep. in which a different car or horse would win every time. And Nintendo did a lot of these games that involved uh, live action footage. The first Wild Gunman, of course, mm-hmm. was a, li- a light gun game in which you were shooting at live action footage of real like uh, Western villains or whatever. Yeah. I just never heard of. EVR before, and I think you said your favorite episode of Laser Time this year was the one about dead media formats. Yeah, EVR was a a slightly viable format at some point in time. (laughs) How did this even happen? Um, I wrapped my I wrapped my headphones around the headphones. That's Hold obscene. on, we can solve this. Okay. Uh, yeah, the EVR was a thing. It was a uh, like I, I forget how we did that uh, dead for, dead media formats thing. Did you totally mention EVR? EVR? No, okay, I yeah. totally missed it. It was like it was like just extremely short lived, uh, and it was just this thing that was mainly used in uh, these sorts of games. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it was it was a, it was. It was somebody trying to make a home video format, and it was like a 10-year race to get to that. And this is one of those things. Japan, I mean, obviously leading the charge in terms of proprietary home media formats. Oh, yeah. CDs and, and whatnot. And this was Blue one race. of them. And I just – I yeah, I'd never, heard, I'd never heard of it before. And not only had I never heard of it, I didn't think Nintendo was banking on it so hard that it would – yeah, I mean, EVR, create a video game. EVR Race was their first video game period, mm. like their first electronic arcade unit period. Yeah, mm. what you need to know about Nintendo in the 1970s <laughs> is that they were a company defined by sheer reeking desperation. Yes. Ah, yes, they yes. took a lot of gambles mm-hmm. with their business, and things that seemed like surefire bets did not pan out. Um, before EVR Racing in like 1972, there was this. Uh, like there was this bowling fad in Japan and mm-hmm. then because it was a fad in Japan, it eventually went away and it went away hard. So there were all these empty bowling alleys. <laughs> so Nintendo was like, what if we turn these into light gun shooting ranges? And they uh, invented right. like the precursor of Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. It was amazing. It was really cool. There were lots of orders wow. for them. And right as they were about to pull the trigger to start distributing these things that they had manufactured at great cost, the uh, – 
the oil embargo happened, uh, the huh. OPEC oil embargo, oh, and all of a sudden these right. things became yeah. extremely expensive. Okay. The, the Japanese economy cratered because Japan gets 98% of its uh, fuel from outside of Japan because Dang. like there's just no gasoline, yeah. you know, fuel there. I never thought of that affecting Japan, but so, I guess, So, yeah. yeah, it had a huge impact, and all of a sudden Nintendo, like – they hadn't actually collected the money on these orders for the things that they had wow. manufactured and they were left holding the bag. And so for the next five or six years, they just scrambled desperately. And mm. this is one of the things that came up. You know, their move into video games was... Uh, we got to try everything. Yeah, they yeah. were just like, we've got to do something that we can, you know, repurpose some of our technology and, you know, find something that's going to be more profitable and more sustainable yeah. and get us out of this because they just they just about went out of business mm-hmm. because in terms of OPEC. Of, in terms of their history, like video games are a fairly recent thing. Of exactly. course, the, video games were only fairly recently invented, but yeah. still like they they were They're doing so much 100 stuff. years old. Yes. And, and, I, and I love this game because did you see the pictures of it? Which clumsy. game? EVR Racing? EVR yes, Racing. Yes. It's so clumsy. It's I, huge. It's I, the size of a craps table. It's gigantic, <laughs> it, and I couldn't find any footage, but there's there is no footage, footage of, of it Wild online. Gunmen and stuff There's like no that. footage of it online yeah. because it was so it was so poorly made and, and hard to maintain. Yes. It, it went almost nowhere. Exactly, and that is what will lead to Punch-Out. We'll get to that in a exactly. second. So I'll talk about Takeda. He directed Punch-Out, Super Punch-Out for the arcade, and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for the NES, and mm. Star Tropics. So basically, he was responsible for four games. <laughs> Where's the overlap in <laughs> yes. that expertise? It's weird. Uh, I don't like Star Tropics. I want to like it, but hear that on another episode. The music is great. I love the theme and everything, but it's just so hard. So he worked alongside Masayuki Uemura in Nintendo's R&D 2 division. After a year, he moved on to the uh, R&D 3 division, now known as IRD. And at this point in time, he was responsible for creating new chips for the NES. And uh, one, of course, that went into Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Mm. And uh, other notable creations from uh, Takeda are the backup battery, uh, the analog controller on the N64. And he was one of the key developers of the Wii. And a lot of these things are reflected in what he wanted to do with Punch-Out. And we'll see that soon. And um, I think this guy is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worked at Nintendo for so long, the first game designer, responsible for all these things that are, were vital to Nintendo's success. And Punch-Out was one of those for sure. Uh, any any input on this uh, Takeda guy? I, I really only knew him from like, oh yeah, Punch-Out and Star Tropics, that's it. But I had no idea. That he, he was like the Ub Iwerks to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> he like, was behind the scenes. I was going to say that, Chris, like yeah. Miyamoto's Disney and this guy's like yeah. Iwerks or whatever. He was but, still there helping him out technologically along the way. Without you know? the enmity between them, I yeah. think, yeah. 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 Takeda is very, his his work strikes me as having been very focused on the Western market. I mean, yeah. Punch-Out was huge here. Star Tropics was made exclusively for the US. And all the, the like the memory mappers and the backup batteries those were created because we didn't get the Famicom disk system, which mm-hmm. enabled all these extra things that uh, you know the, the Famicom could do in Japan. We didn't get that system, so we had to have things like save batteries for Zelda because can you imagine a password for Zelda? That would have been oh horrible. God, it would have destroyed yeah. the game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I feel like he really was instrumental in helping the NES to be kind of like technically – capable of surviving in the West. And, mm-hmm. and uh, is that a good segue into Punch-Out Arcade? That it seems the Why sole the reason it not? exists. We have <laughs> one more guy to talk about, oh, Chris. Oh. We have Makoto Wada, not as much about ah. him, but he was the director of Super Punch-Out, which a game I really like. Which is the high later. point of the entire series. I believe, I, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, this will be a very controversial <laughs> episode. But uh, he joined Nintendo in 1996, and he first worked on Mike Tyson's Punch-Out as a character designer. And he is kind of a jack-of-all-trades who does a little of everything. Uh, he reminds me of Yoshiaki Koizumi from Nintendo. If you know who that is, uh, this guy directed Star Tropics 2. He directed Pilot Wing 64. He directed Mario Kart DS. 
all very, very different games. And now he mainly does script writing on things like Animal Crossing. Like he was the dude in charge of Animal Crossing's uh, dialogue, wow. you know, from the from the very beginning. Uh, he also did the story for Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, all right, that's fine. And uh, Pikmin 3. So he mainly does uh, like stories now for wow. Nintendo, which is a pretty – seems like a pretty awesome job to me. Yeah. But As long as he didn't write the cutscenes in Super Mario Sunshine. I think he, he was the guy, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, in, I'm in a prison now. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Uh, so – At the cut. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So we'll move on to Punch-Out, this arcade version. So I'm going to be talking a lot about this game, if only because there is a fantastic Iwata Asks about this. Yes. In which it's like an eight-page interview. They talk about this game for six pages, and, like, the other games get, like, two questions (laughs) each other. That's fun. That's fun. Whatever. Who cares? I feel like – Somehow after, like, half an hour of reading it, like, oh, yeah, we're here to promote something. I love it when this happens. (laughs) Yes. didn't know what happened. It was just, like, a bunch of dudes reminiscing, and they're like, all right, we got to get to the target. Yeah. So – Okay, so yes, please read that Iwata Ask. You might not need to read it after I talk about this because I'm taking all that information from uh, all this information from Iwata Ask. I want Asks. some clarification on some of it, so I'm glad you guys are oh, here. Oh, sure, sure. So, of course, punch out the arcade version. You should really look it up if you've never seen it. It was an amazing, impressive showcase of graphics, music, yeah. and design. Look at any other video game in the arcade in 1984 and then look at oh, punch yeah. out. And there is absolutely no comparison between punch out and anything else. It simply was gorgeous. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Um, Basically, laser discs were thought to be the next big thing, like Dragon's Lair and they games were. like oh, that. What? Yes, what, what I mean, it was, I mean, by 1983, it was like <laughs> this is the future of video games. Yeah. Of course, I mean, it was an evolutionary dead end, but people thought it was the next big thing. And what you said before, Chris, those mm. EVR machines being hard to maintain, that is why Nintendo did not want to make a Laserdisc game because yeah. they're like, we don't want to maintain these things. We want to make them cheap, but we still want to have people be impressed by graphics and this yeah. uh, this visual showcase. So we're going to fake it. We're going to fake it. That's yes. what I couldn't believe because I, I thought the original Punch-Out! machine is too – Screens. Yes, two and monitors. I thought, like, this whole time, this is all Nintendo ever wanted was to be two screens. <laughs> they have always loved this idea. Yeah, yeah. Their rationale behind it was it, it blew my mind. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're about to. But get just into like it. you know, like a lot of DS games, it's really just superfluous information on the top screen. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, like, you yeah, you're right. Just yeah. put that stuff in the corners. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but that's um, why they didn't. Yeah. So their plan was like, we're going to fake making a Laserdisc game mm-hmm. by making these giant characters, these very like anime-looking figures move around using just sheer gaming hardware, not pre-recorded video. And it, and it's very similar to Donkey Kong Country. Like instead of using a CD-ROM format, we're going to take the graphics from what could conceivably be in a 3D game mm-hmm. and shrink them down onto an SNES card. Again, Nintendo always likes to do more with less. They want to find the cheapest solution that can still be fun. Mm-hmm. And the two monitors thing came from the fact that they had over-ordered monitors for Donkey Kong. <laughs> They're like, we've got all these monitors sitting around, and the the demand was, please make an arcade game that will use two monitors, mm-hmm. because we want to get rid of some of these monitors. So it was a very, very practical decision in terms of why this game came into being. Yep. It's also like a very visually striking thing to be, to go to an arcade and see a game with two screens on it top was. of each I, other. I walked, I walked yeah. up to it in a skating rink for that very reason. Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. So, okay. And, and the, the rationale for why it was there is just because like we had to make so many Visual sacrifices with the bottom gameplay screen. Exactly, yes. We thought we could confuse the player by showing them a high-res, non-moving picture on the top, and their brains would trick them into thinking they were seeing that character below. It's, it's funny they had so much insecurity about that because the bottom screen still looks it good. Looks great. Like, I just played Punch-Out a year ago, mm-hmm. the arcade version. I'm like, this looks good. Mm-hmm. Like, these graphics look good. I can still play this. Yeah, like... I don't know what they were worried about, but it is a little little rougher than that top screen. Mm -hmm. So what happened was a primitive kind of scaling technology was invented that allowed Nintendo to basically, like, manipulate one sprite. They couldn't rotate the sprite.
sprite, but they could make it move in and out of the screens conceivably, like in a, in a way that was not quite 3D but faked it. Uh, instead of going for the more obvious idea, like a, sh- a shooting game or a racing game, they made a boxing game out of this. And um, Miyamoto in that interview was complaining like how he had to draw like every every sprite of the barrel rolling. They couldn't just rotate the sprite, yeah. and, and they were like looking for a way to rotate well, that sprites. Was, that was the, the my takeaway from the interview that I never heard before. That I think Miyamoto said this is the first game they ever hired professional artists to design the characters. Mm-hmm. And then he, true. he would lay out on graph paper like – because he was the guy who was designing the games, not necessarily the characters. And all characters had been designed by game designers, not necessarily artists. Yeah. I mean and, everything went through Miyamoto in terms of art at that point. Yeah, like, who was a good artist. We like need an, things for flyers. We need things for marketing. We need things for instruction books, th- things like that. But it seems yeah. like there's a bunch of unnamed freelance manga people who ended up designing Punch-Out characters. They're actually they're actually named one Are of they? them. Yeah. So uh, Miyamoto was the art guy as he was at the time mm-hmm. and um, – Thinking about it, he was not up to the challenge. He's like, I, th- I believe in my skills, but I don't think I'm good enough to draw these giant sprites. So he brought the graphics uh, he created or the character designs he created to uh, someone who ran an anime studio. Mm. Let me find his name one second. Yes. He brought his designs to Takao Kozai, who uh, who essentially took Miyamoto's designs and created animation cells for every yeah. boxer. So this is, this is really interesting. Wow. Instead of creating animation, like mm-hmm. pre-recorded animation – they got an anime artist to basically create animation cells yep. to fake an anime boxing anime in front of you. So Nintendo then took those cells and he was broke the them digital down into parts. Inter. Yes, the, exactly. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Nintendo essentially took those cells, broke them down into parts, and created the boxers. That's so crazy. that's how this came into being. Which is why, like, I always associate Punch Out with like fighting anime because yeah. they have those big, yeah. super anime-looking characters. They are distinctly Japanese anime, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm not as a fan of the Wii one. I'm sorry. I, it has to be anime, Chris. Mm. Anime or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I, but it's still the same wonderful parade of stereotypes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so if I can uh, knock one thing about the uh, character design in the Punch-Out! Arcade game, Little Mac, or whoever, he, he's not even Little Mac in no, this game. No, he's just like, he's you. Yeah, yeah. You he put in your initials. ugly. Yes, he's got this uh, big, goofy, like, I'll save you grin yeah. on his face. Yeah. And uh, he has a really dorky haircut. But Miyamoto in the interview is like, I, I feel bad because I drew the I drew the bo- the uh, hero boxers <laughs> sprite, and I don't like how it looks in comparison to oh, like no. the professional anime designs, yeah. which they didn't change at all for the SNES game. Like when he turns around holding the title, it's like that's uh, yes, that's what like, it was. Turn back around, <laughs> what sir. A shocking ending. <laughs> yes, I'm playing this mutants. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a shades of Princess Peach at the end of Super Mario yeah. Brothers. I, I did not want to rescue this <laughs> no, person. This was not a reward. I don't want to see something Mario. this ugly. So it's important to remember that. <laughs> that uh, Genyo Takeda, the director of this game, the driving force behind this game, he also was a main influence on the Wii, mm. and he wanted this game to have a boxing glove input device. I'm yeah. not sure how that would play out, but Miyamoto was like, I do not want an ambiguous yeah. input device for this <laughs> game, which is funny because they eventually had to embrace the Wii. But Let's try it once on every system we make, but not uh, right now. The yeah. Wii wasn't ambiguous. Like, the um, remote control was extremely intuitive. I don't yeah. think so, but you're free it to was, think that way. It was a glorified D-pad that you waved in the air. Yeah, yeah like it, it had... made total sense. Like, people used it and grokked Wii Sports right By away. ambiguous, I think he meant, like, not on and off, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was there, there could be some range of motion where the, compu- the, the CPU could not conceivably read uh, what you wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but there was, an, there was a boxing arcade game. There's probably multiples, but, like, mm-hmm. where you would literally put your hands in, like, these two analog... Sonic Blast things. Man? No. no, was it? no. it was a boxing game where you would, like, swing yeah, your... That was, a, that was a much later arcade game, yeah. but that eventually came to pass. Um, is this is, like, 84? This 85? is 84. Three in Japan and early 84 in the United States. Okay. So really early arcade game, and it looks amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, keep in mind that the game that came out at the same time as Punch-Out! from Nintendo was Mario Brothers. Ooh. Like, yeah. this was up against that. 
That's and, a huge difference. And we'll stand the test of time of being better. <laughs> the original Mario Brothers, not a lot of love for that. No, it's, it's, it's okay. Punch-Out is like held it. up very well. Yeah. Like, I don't know why Punch-Out, if, if it was any other company who made it, it'd be, there'd be a billion versions on iOS. That's all those Infinity Blade games are. Yeah, essentially it's an update of Punch-Out, yeah. So what's important to think about this, uh, and we talked about Takeda making games for the West, Nintendo was heavily relying on Nintendo of America mm. to get input on the game, which I'm going to go on a limb here and say that for as much as they stereotype many different cultures, Mm -hmm. they were very safe around black boxers. They were not stereotyped in the way that Japan sometimes stereotypes black people. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a very, very careful choice they made. Like looking at the boxers in the game, you do not see the stereotypes. I will not mention them. You do not see the stereotypes you might think you would see from a... Japan uh, in 1983. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that's all I'll say about that. But I feel like that input was important. And I, I do. I just want to be an apologist for Nintendo <laughs> and, and Orientalism <laughs> okay, pizza, that, to that degree. But, that, but that's what's so funny about it. That's why the characters are, like, so memorable because they just chose from, like, every country. And, like, let's... And yes. A, a lot of cartoons and games that are on this period, and I, 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 I... There was some minor dust-up over the recent Punch-Out, but I'm like, I, I wouldn't sacrifice these characters <laughs> for anything in the world. They the, look great. The important thing, Chris, is that I think the Orientalism and the, the whimsical, casual racism of the series mm-hmm. is really limited to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and the Wii remake. Like, in the... These games, the characters are from different countries, yeah. but it's not as uh, communicated through how they move this or talk true. or anything like that. Bear Hugger's in there from the beginning, but the Wii one has him chugging maple yes, syrup yes. in his windscreen. The Wii one really plays it up. <laughs> I mean, the the arcade game does have vodka drunken skis. Vodka. That's, yeah. true. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true, but he's not. I don't, uh, maybe but we were at war bottle. with Russia yes, at that point, exactly. so it's okay. <laughs> they were the enemy of the Soviets. They were just a different, different kind of white people, so it's fine. Uh, so yes, that was so long ago. <laughs> so I do want to mention this. We brought this up on the uh, on the history of voice acting, I think, episode, mm-hmm. but. So the really impressive thing is that games talking to you was still novel. It, was, it just started to happen. This mm-hmm. game has not a lot of speech, but enough speech to be very impressive to people at the time. Yeah. Essentially, it's narrating a play-by-play of your boxing. And I'll play a little clip of what it sounds like in action. Ooh. It announces the boxer, and then it announces like, and it basically announces every move you make. And you probably have heard these noises before yes. referenced somewhere else. So here's what it sounds like. Canadian Bear Huggers. This is Bear Huggers' entrance. It's almost over. Listen to it forever. So that's basically it. It's like I'm hearing Howard Cosell. Yes. <laughs> and in fact, uh, in, 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 like in a very common thing, like actually all the all the voices are done by NOA employees. So yeah. I'm not sure who did that. It does not sound like... It was like, Don James. It was Don I just really? I just found this out in the episode really? I recorded this morning. Oh, my uh, God. Game Ephemera. Wait, who's, who's Don James? He was a... He's an, a Nintendo executive. He's currently the executive vice president of operations for Nintendo of Oh, America. he still works what? there because I was yep. like, I know Howard Phillips was there, but, but he, he was, was like He 19. was one of the early NOA employees. Oh, wow. Like okay. under Minoru Arakawa. Uh, apparently, this was this will be in another episode of Retronauts. Ooh, um, I don't I'm glad you're bringing this to the table. Yeah, he uh, so apparently he and one other person. Yeah, this is my one contribution. <laughs> um, recorded different you know voice at- takes, and they went with the ones that sounded best. But yeah, you should also play some voice clips from like IntelliVoice or Coleco, not Coleco, um, from TI ninety nine. For A's voice synthesizer, that was what people expected from much more robotic voice right? synthesis. It was yeah. like crap. 
Yeah, you know, not like not Gumbly, yeah. enemies. <laughs> God, get the humanoid. So again, like, uh, like encountering this as a, as a child, it was mm-hmm. just amazing. Like this this thing with two screens that talked to yep. you had these frankly terrifying enemies that you would mm-hmm. fight. Like it was a very intimidating experience because. The enemies you would fight in other games were just literally like two inches tall on the screen, but mm-hmm. in this game they were almost the size of the screen. Mm-hmm. It was it was a terrifying experience if you were just a kid approaching this giant machine. And it's pretty astonishing how both like the ones that ended up in the NES Punch Out, like they look somewhat similar, but especially Super Punch Out on the SNES, mm-hmm. like some of those like Bear Hugger looks almost exactly I the same. Mean, Dragon Chan. Yes, hearing them at Wad S, they talk about it like it's a straight port, and I still. It, it, it's, it can't be. It's, it's, an, it's an enhanced port, but if you look at things like Mr. Sandman and Bear Hugger, the, the drawings are identical, but they're very touched up. Like yeah. it feels like an HD remake almost yeah. of, of Super Punch Out. Yes. So, one other important thing about this game it's Koji Kondo's mm-hmm. first role as composer. Wow. And maybe he was a little insecure or not trying very hard, but uh, Dave Rudden actually uh, uncovered this fact. And um, the Punch-Out theme, which I think is extremely, extremely catchy. I make up lyrics to it all the time. Sometimes yeah. they're dirty. But uh, it was actually stolen from Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports, which was so a man. radio show from 1940s to the 1960s. It's You'll called, never guess who sponsored it. Yes. Uh, it's called the Look Sharp, Be Sharp March. And I will play Koji Kondo's theme alongside this, and you can see how it's just like it's lawsuit time, buddy. And apparently, uh, maybe this is why this, this song was not in the Wii version. So here it is. So this is the original version you hear in the arcade. And, and Mike Tyson's punch up. Yeah. And here's Look Sharp, Be Sharp. That's right, we return for more. From Boxers on the Moon. <laughs> and it's a, if you watch the clip, which is on YouTube, it, it's exactly what you would think out of a like 1940s, 1950s show called Cavalcade of Sports, yes. which is like a pennant with the word sports on it. <laughs> and like football players with the old leather helmets. It's like, wow. So yeah, I mean. This Everything is, running at slightly the wrong speed. Yes, Babe Ruth is like super, super so fast. So fast. Wow, yeah. no wonder he was such a great hitter. Exactly. This, this is literally Koji Kondo's first composition for a Nintendo game. The first thing Can you we hear. Can we really call it his first composition? It was his first interpretation <laughs> his of first another adaptation. song. Yes, uh, a, a legal adaptation. There's still the, the training theme in there which is will yeah. never not be beautiful well it, that's in the NES game but oh. that, that is an original track I want to okay. believe it's original but that <laughs> was not Koji Kondo there are three composers on that and I couldn't tell who wrote what so mm. I, I didn't include that information but uh, if you're playing this game in the arcade, you're going to notice it's a lot different from the NES, from the NES version. Instead of uh, just hitting up to punch uh, like towards the face and not hitting anything to punch towards the stomach, you literally shift between two positions. You have mm-hmm. to like consciously move between positions, and you can throw two different kinds of punches, of course. And uh, the objective is to build up a meter by continually uh, landing hits in order to launch more powerful attacks. And the uppercut button is this giant protruding thing that's so fun to hit. I love <laughs> the uppercut button in the Punch-Out! Arcade game. And there are only six boxers in this game. Uh, uh, these arcade games don't have a lot of boxers because I, I imagine it takes a lot of memory to just oh, yeah. house these just huge sprites and all the audio and everything moving around. So there's Glass Show, Piston Hurricane, Bald Bull, Kid Quick, his only appearance in the series, and Pizza Pasta, and Mr. No! Sandman. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Chris, you'll be heartened to know that but. Pizza Pasta doesn't look like an Italian. I mean, there's no he's not like like twirling dough in the air or anything. Yeah. He just looks like a dude. <laughs> he's I mean, got green hair. I always is... thought Don Flamenco was my yeah. guy until <laughs> I, I, I got Wikipedia. Yeah, jeez. So, uh, again, the focus on ethnic humor really feels limited to the NES version. Despite mm-hmm. the stereotypical names, they don't really set up the characters' ethnicities much. I mean, they, they tell you where they're from, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah. maybe it's funny that Glass Joe is French and, and weak or whatever 
ever because that's a joke. But I think I think that's the only real big slight. Yeah, the first yeah. bad boxers from France. Yes, <laughs> and I don't remember where Gabby J is from, but I was just I th- thinking of I think today. Also France. Yeah, yeah. Also France is like. His name is this close to Jabby Gay, <laughs> and w- which could makes be. sense for a boxer you're trying to demean. I think he's Glass Joe's dad or uncle or whatever. Yeah. He, he's really yeah. great. But the whole schoolyard thing was like, well, uh, I think Gabby Jay has one victory, and it was always – or no, it was Glass Joe has one victory, and yeah. we always re- thought it was like, oh, he beat, he beat Gabby Jay. Mm. <laughs> That's when he left home to become yeah. a boxer. Yeah, I love Gabby Jay. But we have to talk about the first Sorry. Super Punch-Out first. Please. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about. It's more of an expansion pack. Yeah. Uh, the game plays very similarly. I believe you can duck now, which is something that would be in Super Punch-Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Takeda thought up the use of illegal moves such as kicking as the logical progression to a follow-up. He wanted to use weapons, but they ruled it out. Apparently, he's a very whimsical guy, and he has a lot of crazy <laughs> ideas, and he has to be like, you know, he has to be scolded. But um, <laughs> these these weapons would show up in Super Punch-Out in the yeah. SNES version. There's and a lot more um, cheating in that one. Yes, a lot more it, cheating. It seems like there was some somebody at the top, like two people, like guys. This is not a wrestling game. <laughs> I love wrestling more than boxing, just like you. And but Super Punch boxing out, game. And the SNES game, you fight a wrestler. I know. Amazingly it's enough, just, it's great. Like, but it's from Japan, and like, and as we'll examine, like it, it came. It, it seems seemingly is built with America in mind because it always, almost always, came out here first. Yeah, as a series. That's true. Yeah, um, I, it's a Takeda game. I kind of wish it was was a wrestling game. <laughs> <laughs> so the characters involved in this, it starts off much harder than uh, the first game did. Bear Huggers the first guy you fight. He's, he's much harder. Then we have Dragon Chan, uh, who is a Bruce Lee kind of ripoff. He, he kicks, he jumps from like rope so to cool. rope and kicks. Uh, and you have to duck the kick. Mm-hmm. There's Vodka Draginski. He makes his, his glamorous appearance here, being a drunk Russian, of course. <laughs> uh, we also have Great Tiger. Um, the Sikh, I believe, from India. He's the dude with the turban. And we have Super Macho Man, who is this like kind of Ric Flair character, yeah. I want to think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You're just barely averting the eyes of WWE. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, I think they, I think WWE is averting the eyes of um, ah, village people. So, I but I, I just remember as a kid, like I watched wrestling a little bit. By the time I first played Punch Out, I'm like, wait, there's a super Macho yeah, Man. Exactly. He's like super Macho Man, but he ain't Macho Man is big. Macho Man needs to fight him. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that they just used the name. I think Macho Man did exist by this point in time. Damn I'm sure Dave would it. know. Yeah, 87. Yeah. Well, I'm not actually wait. Yeah, 85. I think he was probably just starting. Okay. So personally, I did see the Punch Out arcade game in arcades. Mm-hmm in pizza places, stuff like that. Um, I never saw this, and I still haven't seen this. And my theory is Nintendo was winding down their arcade, you know, manufacturing because their last game would be arm wrestling, also a Takeda joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like they did not want to produce as many because they were just trying to change their business to be a more console-focused thing. Mm-hmm. So well, I they, never saw they, this They game. shifted over to the Versus system and yeah. the PlayChoice 10. Yeah. So it was basically like souped-up NESs. Exactly. Yeah, so like that, that no no development went through for solely arcade games ever again right. after around yeah. the punch-out yeah. time. Arm wrestling is important to note. It is a, it's a game I've never seen in my life. I've <laughs> seen videos of it. I've never seen the machine. But mm-hmm. you do fight a lot of... Uh, well, you do fight at least one punch out guy. Is I think ball bull in a mask. I, I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I did see that at the. What was it? Pistol Pete's Pizza. Oh, really? It was our, our local ripoff of Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, was there like a clothed like mouse instead Man, of a rat? It has been 30 years. <laughs> Don't ask me anything. Also, I just remember seeing it and, and that and Punch-Out and being like, these look so amazing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> arm wrestling has some amazing, like again, anime yeah. characters yeah. that arm wrestle you and ball bulls in it, like like hidden, like as Mr. X or whatever. And also, like I, I just watched a playthrough of this today. Like, w- It's weird that it's happening in an arm wrestling game, but like when you're like starting to overpower the 
other guy, his mm-hmm. face, their faces kind of get distorted, like when you're punch drunk in, when they're punch drunk in, punch out, like mm. the whole, like, Ugh, like the whole, Ooh. yeah. Again, it was trying to be like full, I mean, I don't know if it fooled anyone, but it's sort of like you're watching animation. This is not a video yeah. game. You're actually watching animation. And one last thing, uh, this game was completely ripped off by a Commodore 64 game <laughs> called Frank Bruno's Boxing. I'm so glad you brought this up. They literally like just traced the graphics. It was so shameless. And they sold this to people. I mean, it yeah. was for Commodore 64 and European microcomputers. I don't know if there was ever a lawsuit. I don't know if Nintendo cared. If you but... want to talk offensive, uh, <laughs> offensive stereotypical oh nicknames. Help us out here, Chris. Uh, Dragon Chan became Fling Long Chop. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Okay. Jesus. For me, this is I wanted to commend with this my nickname, uh, Ravioli Mafioso. <laughs> which wow. Is for uh, the Italian guy. And of course. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> well, you'll never guess what culture this person hails from. Frenchy France. Ooh, I want to say he is from Belgium, uh, Belgium, Antarctica, maybe. <laughs> sounds like Frenchy France. Sounds like names that George W. Bush would have said at a right. press conference. It hey, like Frenchy like French. Yeah, it's, Brooklyn. It's nicknames for his buddies. Yeah, sounds exactly. like a Brooklyn guy in the '80s would have yelled at someone wearing a beret down the street. <laughs> hey, where <laughs> you going, Frenchy France? What, what's what, the Ravioli guy's name again? <laughs> Mafioso. Mafioso. The two things they knew about Italians. Jesus. Uh, so yes, that exists. <laughs> I can say that as an entist, I'm an Italian. As a true, I'm uh, laughing at as a true pizza pasta aficionado. going to move on to obviously the highlight because we're all uh, 80s Nintendo kids or whatever. Only only Mike Punch sorry, only Mike Tyson kids will get this one. It's it's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mm-hmm. It launched on the NES on October 18th, 1987, a little bit later in Japan once there was a demand for it. Uh, so once again, we see a lot of technical uh, mastery at hand here. Yeah. Obviously, they cannot display the sprites at the same size as the arcade, but they make a concession in that the hero is now much smaller, which necessitates him being named. He's Little, little Mac. Mac. And um, the boxers, again, they're still pretty big for an NES game. I don't think I've seen bigger sprites outside of, like, the dragon and Mega Man. But he was sort of just like a background element. These guys are moving around. He had had eyes that blinked. He didn't move. Mm -hmm. But these guys are moving around. Mm -hmm. And playing this recently for the show, like, Bald Bull is still huge and terrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. this is just a giant, like, expressive sprite. And uh, did the internet just discover how to beat Balls Bull, Bull Super Move recently? Because yeah. my Facebook has been awash with that. It's always been like, you always just like generally knew like after the second jump, just throw a punch. I didn't know the ca- I didn't know. I never knew flash. in my head the camera flash from yeah. the audience. Apparently um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of secrets snuck in by WADA yeah. who worked on this game. Some he still hasn't told us about. So that was one of them that wasn't covered recently. <laughs> Yeah, um, you mentioned the graphics, and it's important to note, I don't see this in your your, uh, show notes anywhere, that this game runs on a mapper chip that is completely unique to to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. the MMC2? The MMC2. Yeah, I thought so. Um, It's the Mickey Mouse Club with Ed Bagley in it? (laughs) Yes. It's Um, the one with Britney Spears. (laughs) So the the thing about this chip, from what I understand, is, you know, the, the, the NES divided memory into program memory and character memory. Character memory was the sprites. And this has, um, at the time, the unique ability to instantly allow people or programmers to switch between two sets of sprites. So it could, like, basically toggle between – you'd have a set of sprites in memory and then instantly switch to a different bank. 
So that allowed them to have these big characters who had a lot of different animations because it was basically like tricking the NES into looking at for graphics in different places that a chip normally wouldn't you know, it was, wouldn't be able to it access. It was storing like glass Joe heads in another compartment and glass <laughs> Joe legs in another it, compartment. It's, yeah, it's really yeah. technical. I'm, I'm probably getting details wrong. But basically it allowed like this really quick paging through memory. Yeah, they're like cycling to, in sprites. To enable, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. enable these big sprites I mean, to it's exist. it's essentially just like – Four different bodies with different heads on them. That's true, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. talk about, like, redrawing them for the NES and what they had to remove. And, like, well, maybe this guy doesn't need an entire elbow. He's <laughs> taking up a lot of room. Yeah, who needs elbows in a boxing game? <laughs> no one so, can see it. Originally, Mike Tyson was not going to be part of this game. But uh, the president of Nintendo of America, Minoru Arakawa, saw him fighting at the time uh, at, at about. I don't know which one it was. But he was so impressed, he insisted Tyson be in this punch-out home port. And uh, Tyson apparently signed this three-year deal before becoming the youngest heavyweight champion in the world yeah. at age 20 in November 86. So they really – I cannot believe that. They, they had great luck with this. But again, like, that's why I recommended that documentary if you want to see – like there hasn't been a boxer that famous before or since and that the guy who was better and held more championship titles isn't remembered as much as Mike Tyson. Because Mike Tyson is who a little unhinged. twice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's important to note, and I think people might have the wrong idea about this, uh, the Tyson arrest for rape didn't happen until 1991, presumably two years after his contract ended. Apparently he had a three-year contract mm. that was signed in 86. So even if he wasn't completely stable before then, uh, they did not get rid of him because of the rape. But I mean, I assume they did not want him back Good because night. of that. Yes. Uh, so Nintendo re-released Punch-Out! as Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream yeah. in 1990. So a year before Mike Tyson got in trouble, uh, putting it lightly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like that. It, the 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 arrest and whatever was not the cause of the rebranding. It was Nintendo saying, like, we don't need him anymore. People like Punch Out. Let's just rebrand this as Punch Out and you know get on with our lives. And apparently, Mike Tyson played it for the first time of his life in 2013. And I'll I'll snip in a bit of that here. Oh 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 and I guess he was not very good at the game, <laughs> even though there's like a publicity photo yeah. of him as a young man holding a controller, smiling at <laughs> yeah. like he was playing actually Punch-Out. playing Mario. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he wanted to eat Mario's children. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, I mean, we've all played this game. It's a bit more complicated than the arcade version. Though it streamlines a lot of stuff, you're no longer having to move between up and down positions again. You yeah. just hit up when you want to punch, uh, you know, towards their face and hit a button alongside that. I didn't know. I, did, I hadn't played much of the arcade one, so I didn't know I, I didn't like this as much because I just loved it at the time and hadn't played the arcade one. To compare it to where is you're kind of judged by how many hits you take mm. rather than how well you hit. Because hmm. that meter comes back in Super Punch Out. That you That's right. Bu- you build up. The better you do, the more the closer you get to a Super Punch. Getting a Super Punch, in the NES one depended on luck and, yeah. and like trial and error. It's really to get, f- unlock that I, star. Yeah, yeah, like I've played so much of this game, mm-hmm. like as a kid and as an adult, and I still don't know exactly what constitutes when? earning a star. 
It seems like like what destabilizing like, guys destabilizing a guy right before a punch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there there are certain prescribed windows of time. They're usually before attacks or right after super attacks, mm-hmm. in which you will earn a star. And I can think of like a few instances where like this will always get you a star, and I can yeah. get like a ton of stars. And it's you need stars to throw uppercuts. One of the, by the few way. games I remember like the start button is a play select. button. The select does the uppercut, I believe. No, I, think it's be? a, I thought it was start for me. It's start. I think it's oh, start. Yeah. Well, is it select that uh, you get the you extra have one of those massage controllers? Yeah, select, yeah. select, yeah, select you, the down uh, select and you t- he, in between he, rounds you yeah, get help. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll like give you a harder massage. Yeah, <laughs> select is the, 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 the dedicated massage button in Punch yeah. Out. Happier so, ending. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So this Try game... again with a friend. This game complicates <laughs> things a little. Jeez. <laughs> this game complicates things a little uh, because there is a stamina system now. Uh, you are now uh, you are now penalized for blocking punches. Yeah. Where in the arcade version you were not. You were mm-hmm. expected to dodge punches. I mean, sorry, block punches. So when, when you block punches and when you take punches you lose stamina and when you lose all your stamina you, you can no longer throw like, a punch like a, a baby yeah. in the cold you turn, you, you turn purple you turn purple and blue it's weird I mean, it makes sense like you yeah. shouldn't be able to just block willy nilly it now. is true because it, it, like, it, it, I think it might be better at teaching you the boxer's tells because yeah. your goal yeah. is to be more defensive but like I don't know I, I enjoy the more offensive yeah, but it's also unrealistic in that a 110 pound man no matter how strong he can't block a Mike Tyson punch. No, like he no. puts his fi- he puts his fist up in front of his face. His fists are just going to hit his. His face, arms so. would explode. Yeah, I we're avoiding a lot of Simpsons two, references two, here. Yeah, yes. two broken. Oh, wrists. we'll get to that too. Okay, thank God. So uh, I think this has the most personality of the series, which would be gone a little bit with Super Punch Out. One of the, one of the reasons I I think uh, I like Super Punch Out the best, but I mm. wish that sort of light narrative and the sort of character in this game was also in that game. So mm. we have uh, the addition of Doc, uh, yeah. a very charismatic trainer who's always shouting tips at you and encouraging you and. He He's helping you train in between the uh, different circuits that you do with that that great cutscene of you running in New York it's with amazing. all the multiple oh, layers yeah. scrolling. It's so beautiful, <laughs> and you're running in your pink hoodie. And Dave and I both are wearing pink hoodies <laughs> yeah. today, although not in this 90 degree it's recording the studio. You pieces of game swag I, I saved from my girlfriend who just moved in the uh, re re release. Well, oh, sorry, the 2009 the reboot. Yeah, yeah. What do you call that? Punch Out 2009. It's just a remake re- reboot. Thing. Yeah, pink, pink hoodie swag. I still have it. I can't wear it. It's too hot. But uh. <laughs> so let's go over the Ross. Of fighters, oh. including some of the returning folks. We have Glass Joe, of course, is from France. Uh, Don Flamenco is from Spain. Yes. Von Kaiser, ooh, he's from Germany. Ooh, the Germans. <laughs> and we also have Piston Honda from Japan, who would eventually be changed to Hondo, and I say thumbs down to that buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great Tiger, he is the Piston Sikh Hurt. guy from India. Uh, Soto, Soto Popinski, I wonder who you, he used to be. Uh, King Hippo from the Pacific Islands, and Mr. Sandman, um, he's just a dude. I think he's like Venice Beach, California yeah. type. I think so, like bodybuilder yeah. types. And Super Macho Man, again, he is the he is like sort of the Ric Flair uh, person in this game Woo. and uh, this game was originally released in Japan as a gold cartridge prize for the f- game Family Computer Golf US Ugh. course without Mike Tyson uh, <laughs> eventually they released it in a regular form uh, after maybe like a year or so later but there was demand for it but this was this used to be a prize in Japan this game was never intended fully for a Japanese release and there is a game shop in, J- in, in Tokyo that has a copy in their display case not for sale of the oh. cartridge I can't remember if it's Nakano Broadway's Madaraka Galaxy or if it's Super Potato. But, yeah, you, there's somewhere you can see it, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, if, if you're wondering how you got this cartridge, I think this came on a blue Famicom disc uh, system disc in which you could actually put that disc in a fax machine of some sort, and it would it fax your score to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I heard there were blue discs that sure you could actually use to fax scores well, and things the, on the, the disc. Well, the blue discs were for the download kiosks. Okay. The yellow discs were prepackaged like 
there was a game on the hmm. the yellow disc, and it had like a manual and a case and everything. The blue discs were rewritable, and mm. you would take them to kiosks at like you know convenience stores. Oh, that's and right. you could download a game to them for like five bucks, it and it called? could be pretty much any game. Maybe those kiosks could also fax in scores as well, or it something could be. like was that. Yeah, called Nintendo Power. Is that what that was? Um, uh, later, Power I think was for Super NES or Game Boy, but like a machine in public that re- would rewrite a drive for right. you. Right, but I, I don't think those were called Nintendo Power. I'm in the I right place to ask that later. kind of question. <laughs> yeah. So, so Wada, the guy we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. who directed Super Punch Out, he snuck Mario in as a referee, and that's why Mario <laughs> looks weird. And uh, there was no real oversight as to Mario's where Mario supposed to be fat, but that's way too fat. He just looks really off model. And the proportion, yeah, they're way off because yeah. he's like half the size of Little Mac, who is little, as yeah. his name implies. But like, <clears throat> Mario. I don't know if it's just perspective, but when like. Piston Honda gets knocked out and uh, Mario comes out to, to count him. He, he is as big as his foot. Yeah. Like his foot is the same, same Mario size. Mario is played by it, Billy Barty. Mario hasn't had a mushroom yet. Yeah. That's true, yeah. He's a small guy. It's the only point where Bob Hoskins casting makes total sense. <laughs> you can see the, they even model his back here. <laughs> but, not, but not John Leguizamo ever. <laughs> Uh, so uh, there's really good music in this game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are only three songs, but I feel like I don't know who wrote this music. And it sounds like it was the guy who wrote uh, the Zelda Two music because there are certain kind of sounds or certain there's a certain kind of vibe to this I get from from this this song. But of course, it's pretty timeless, right? Yep. And this is the music you hear throughout the entire game. It has a sort of like I don't want to say Eye of the Tiger quality, yes, but maybe very I'm rocky. Right. Yeah, it's like. It has that kind of like anime fighting melodrama. Actually, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting the legacy of Rocky at this time because I didn't discover this movie so way later. But they, those were popular all over the world yeah. at this point. And I feel like again, the narrative of Punch Out is very Rocky-like, and I believe Little Mac is is 17 for crying out yeah. loud. Like he's 17. I think he's from the Bronx. Yeah, he's a very Rocky-style character, and it's funny. Like upon knowing his age, when you when you keep winning, you get these newspapers that mm-hmm. like document your progress, and there's like. There's like a thing from your child, like, Daddy, come home. I'm like, I'm 17. What is this guy's life like? Like, Is, is this like he's rising from the streets it's after look, like a... Life is tough in the slums. I guess so. <laughs> I kind of see what you mean about the Zelda 2 thing. Yeah, okay, so I could be right. Yeah, there are three composers on this. I'm not sure who did that music, but it does sound sort of like a Zelda 2 dungeon, but with, mm. a, with a rocky mm. flair. Uh, so unlike uh, Super Punch-Out and Punch-Out for the Arcade, which I feel were very much uh, like stamina-based games, mm-hmm. like how long can you withstand these attacks and get in your own? This is essentially a puzzle game. The tells are huge. It's all about responding appropriately to patterns, and the game does a great job of steadily closing windows of opportunity and allowing less room for error as fights progress. So when you fight Glass Joe, mm-hmm. you can basically hit him whenever you want. Uh, yeah. But as you continue progressing, there are more defenses against all of your attacks, and you need to figure out the right windows of opportunity to land those attacks. I think Unlike the other punch out games, you meet characters again who don't have the same exploits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like, when, yeah, there are, there are rematches mm-hmm. in this game mm-hmm. because obviously they need to reuse some characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to uh, take this back a little bit, Uh-oh. but uh, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link was composed by Akito Nakatsuka. Who also composed for Mike Tyson's Punch Out? Oh, so I could so, be right. Good job. I'm going to say I was right. So I'm going to give myself brownie points for that. <laughs> so uh, this game, I feel, has some very satisfying feedback in terms of the noises it makes, the mm-hmm. animation it makes. Ooh. It makes you feel good for knocking these giant sprites over. Uh, just playing it again, like nailing Ball Bull with just one little hit when he comes running Ooh. in. I can do it every time and every time. It just it's so great. It feels so good. He makes a curly noise from the Three Stooges. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's like this game is much more cartoony than the sequel would oh. be. It's super silly. 
silly. It's super fun. Um, they also kind of do like a strut when they're falling down. Yeah, they both they, they do like a, they're like their own little like dizzy dance before they fall yeah. down. Like some some boxers aren't as exciting. I, I feel like King Hippo and Don Flamenco are really just. Uh, kind of gimmicks mm-hmm. in terms of like how long can you withstand these attacks until you can launch your own things like that. Uh, and this is but a pretty if you in a world where you didn't know how to beat King Hippo and you figure it out on your own yeah. or you hear about how to do it, yeah. it is mind blowing. Yes, uh, because he is literally impossible unless you know the trick. Yep. Like you have to punch him in the mouth while he flashes. And red. the game tells you. The game tells you to do that. Yeah, like it's it's inside the game mm. itself. Uh, and, and just I love that about him. When Captain and the Game Master came out, I'm sure you've never brought that up on Retronauts. It's never happened. Uh, <laughs> but that's why the person representing the series is King Hippo. Yeah, He's the most iconic person yeah. ever. And I believe the, one of the few things I am quoted on oh, on a wiki for. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I made fun of him for being fat in an article once, and for some reason that was worth including on King Hippo's Wikipedia. Page. I have to be cited for something on Punch Out. So <laughs> this is this was a huge game at the time, mm-hmm. uh, obviously because the guy who showed up in Captain N. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone talked about it. I think it was a very good playground discussion game because of all the potential secrets, yeah. and it was even referenced in popular media. The Simpsons episode moaning Lisa. The subplot is Bart and Homer using a boxing game to work out their aggressions against each other, and it is it is directly Mike Tyson's Punch Out, not so much the arcade and game. We talked about on Talking Simpsons that like it was. It is the first mainstream video game reference we ever saw. I think I think it's I think so. At least one that was faithful and, yeah. and it seemed like sort of like a there was love behind it. Yeah. yeah, or like or knowledge at least, and it was referencing a direct game that we were all playing. And like yeah. for that, it made it's one of those things within three episodes that made me love The Simpsons even more. And even that episode from what like 1990, mm-hmm. it that looks more fun in two player than <laughs> uh, the Punch Out Wii yeah. player mode was. I never tried that actually. <laughs> Not the good. So we're almost done. We're almost ready to take our break. There's a few other things I wanted to cover. Uh, input lag is a, is an issue with modern consoles, of course, especially when you're playing a game based around timing. I fortunately had no problems. I was playing the Wii U version with a classic uh, controller through a Wii Mote, and um, I hit the wall at the same time I usually do around Popinski. But I, w- I was pulling <laughs> off like all of the things yeah. I knew, even with what I'm guessing is a very slight delay in terms of input. Um, if, if you're playing on Wii U, you should be okay. I should the, be okay. The problem with input delay is uh, with upscaling. Like if you're okay. playing on a, an NES or a, even on a Wii on an HDTV, then there is upscaling for that signal and it uh, creates a few frames of delay. I assume the... Uh, Wii U is HDMI out. It's mm. already high definition, so it's fine. I assume the Bluetooth controller could pers- possibly cause some sort of delay, but I'm In not sure theory, how important but it would I be. Mean, yeah. uh, I, I I don't think that's really yeah. An issue. So if you're one if you're wanting to play this game, Virtual Console works as well. It'll be on that new little Nintendo that comes out. Oh, uh, yeah, next yeah fall. that's right. But without Mike Tyson, of course. Without Mike. Tyson. Yes. Uh, so our last thing about this game, it's worth mentioning: Power Punch Two, uh, disingenuously <laughs> named because it was wow. originally supposed to be a Punch Out sequel starring Mike Tyson and Don King, mm-hmm. and developed by Beam Software. And I have in parentheses why Beam Software was they they made Back to the Future for the NES. And that's all I have to say. A fantastic game. That <laughs> all all three seconds of that song are burning <laughs> to my head. Uh, Beam, Beam did make some pretty interesting games. True, true. But most of them were not good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Back to the Future is the worst thing they made. They made things that were better than that, but again, yeah. I mean, they eventually made Nightshade, and then from there they went to Shadow I like Run. Nightshade a lot, so, actually, yeah. Like, they, they got better, but they started out like a lot of European and Australian and American NES developers making garbage. Yes. So this game was uh, renamed from Mike Tyson's Intergalactic Power Punch. It was meant to star Tyson, and I think well, that's that's the beautiful. You see, I've seen that. I'm trying to think of other games where they did that. They they hire, they license someone, a big celebrity, to be in the game, but he's not the person. He's not there the whole time. And so, if you think from Nintendo's perspective, 
Most people who bought Mike Tyson's Punch Out never saw Mike Tyson. Yeah. Exactly. And why did until we they learn the him? code? Yeah. yeah. So the second game is like, well, now you're going to play as Mike Tyson. That makes all the sense in the universe. Yeah. We're not selling. We're not paying for a Little Mac license. Yes, I mean, I, I, I the story is I couldn't find official word on this, mm-hmm. but Nintendo did not like the quality. I mean, the the final game just it's, sucks. It's, it's awful. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Oh, it's bad. It's it so trades, bad. It trades. Uh, it trades European stereotypes for aliens. It's oh, great. God, it's great. Oh, those gleeplops. <laughs> <laughs> Some are good. Um, uh, so yeah, they Nintendo washed their hands of this, and it was convenient for them that Mike, Mike Mike Tyson went through his rape trial and was convicted and went to jail. And obviously, I mean, Don King was also not the best guy in the world. He's a, he's also a convicted murderer. So only in America, yes, only in the '60s can Don King kill a man and eventually <laughs> become a millionaire. Twice he's killed two people. Wow, wow, you heard it here first, <laughs> he's first that folks. Good. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'll let you guys think about that. We'll be right back after our commercial break. Please listen to these amazing announcements. Hello, everybody. This is Bob once again jumping in during this little commercial break. I'm hoping you're enjoying this episode. I did a ton of research, and I think it's going to provide everything you've ever wanted to know about the Punch-Out! series. And I just wanted to say hi to some of our newer listeners. I know our SNES and N64 podcast brought in a lot of new people. So welcome, and please enjoy our extensive backlog. There's a lot to dig into over the past uh, nearly 10 years now. And of course, that brings me to my next topic, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo Retronauts panel and our little after party we're throwing shortly after our panel that Sunday. If you need information about that, just go back to the beginning of this episode. I assume you didn't skip that announcement, but if you did, I will forgive you. If you go back, it'll be there for your listening pleasure. I actually don't have a lot to say outside of the Portland thing, but I do want to mention the fact that we are now on Stitcher and Google Play Music, and we have been since, I think, July. I just completely forgot to mention it. Of course, we're available through any uh, podcast program, but if there's a service you want us to be on, let me know. It's very, very easy to sign up for those and be available on whatever service you prefer to listen to your podcast. So please reach out to us through our Twitter or Facebook to let us know where you want to find our podcast. And even though most of you probably already know this, I do want to point out that this podcast is completely and fully funded by Patreon.com and all you great patrons who give us money. And without that money, we could not do anything with this podcast. So thank you so, so much if you do give us money. And if you aren't a patron yet, I will ask you to please consider it. A very, very, very tiny portion of our audience actually donates to our Patreon account. And if half of you guys each gave us $1 a month, we could make this a full-time operation with weekly podcasts and even more fun stuff. So if you can give us at least a dollar a month, please consider it. There are plenty of incentives for people who do donate, and I'm proud to announce that we finally have a private RSS feed for our advanced podcast. If you donate $2 a month or more, you can listen to every podcast we do a week ahead of time, and now you no longer have to do that through Patreon's kind of awful front page, so thank God for that. And there are also physical rewards such as t-shirts, posters, and stickers that you can get if you donate more than $2 a month, so please consider it. You just go to patreon.com retronauts to find out how. That's it for me this month. I'll let you get back to this very, very fun episode, and hopefully I will see you in Portland in October.
So we're back, and I'm going to make a controversial statement that will get me thousands of tweets, maybe two, I guess. But I'm going to say that I, I actually prefer our next game we're talking about today, Super Punch-Out. Yeah. For as much as I like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, I feel there's a lot more meat to Super Punch-Out. Uh, really, it is a souped-up HD remake, HD as of you know SNES, mm-hmm. uh, of the original Super Punch-Out for the arcades. Uh, it's basically the logical conclusion of what the arcade was trying to do mm-hmm. on a platform where it could do a lot more... Uh, with the graphics, with the movements, uh, with lots, lots, lots more boxers. Transparencies are yes. finally here, people. We finally reached <laughs> we that. Did it. Yes. As a society, we, we have transparencies. So, again, I say this is the arcade game Nintendo wishes they could have made mm. with the original Punch-Out. And um, it really feels the same as the arcade game. Uh, it revolves around building up a meter. You can throw uppercuts and fast power punches as long as that meter is full. So this entire game is about maintaining that meter. And there is uh, something I only learned about. I played this game for like 20 years. I've mm-hmm. only found out about this now. The power-up mode mm-hmm. is something that happens gradually over time in the game where at a certain point your gloves glow and your punches are more powerful. I had no idea that that's just automatic. It, yeah. Just, yeah. it just constantly happens. And there's a there's an option in the menu where you can make that manual. Like you can hit the X button to oh. activate that manually. I didn't know that. I had no idea until I did this research. That's why I'm here. Do, do, and this do. game, I think, is one of the most beautiful 16-bit yeah. games. Just watching those giant boxers move around, it is like the arcade game, but with like so much more detail, so many more frames of animation. Yep. It is just glorious to watch. Even though Little Mac is like this bizarre, grotesque anime Matt he, Damon. He's never called Little Mac. Though. The, o- the I only th- I think in retrospect they did call him Little Mac. In, in the yeah. Fight Night when he Night, appears in uh, Fight Night Round Two on the uh-huh. GameCube version of that game he's modeled to in 3D in that game and has the word Mac on his belt. Okay, yeah. And so uh, if knowing he's Nintendo big some, Mac. somebody yeah, he's big Mac. Mac. He's he's uh he's designated from to- I think Tokyo, Japan. That that's not right. Little I, Mac is from Bronx, New York. Oh, oh they really? said he's from yeah. Tokyo? Yeah, and they oh, yeah. So like, clip I, watched. I don't think okay. it's the same guy, but like the only confirmation you have is his appearance. He's not Little Mac, he's Maku. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's ever named in the game. Again, I think they were going for the arcade feeling. Little mm-hmm. Mac was created he's you. as he's yeah, me. Yes, yeah. exactly. Little Mac was created as, as we said as a way to explain why this character is so small in the game and why yeah. everyone else is so big. Now he's the same size as the boxers he's fighting, so he's not Little Mac. And again, anymore. I didn't get I want I want to say I just read that while researching this. That is an amazing adaptation. The idea that the, the guy is so small so you can see the characters yeah. in front yeah, of him. Yeah, Because they couldn't do transparency. He yes. just like tiny. had a real attitude change. Dyed yeah. his hair, yes. bulked yeah. up, uh, dumped stock. Play it loud. He's got the classic 90s shroom cut yeah. that yes. I think we all had the in the tiger beat hair. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, yes, this has some real shades of the Play It Loud era. Again, mm-hmm. Nintendo was trying to make this game for America. would not come out in Japan until 1998 and, and then only in a special way. Uh, the sound effects are much more brutal and far less mm-hmm. cartoony. You can really feel the impact of ooh, those punches. Ooh. And the soundtrack isn't very good. Uh, I mean, it's okay. I can deal with it. There's lots mm-hmm. of crunchy guitars, but there's too much guitars. And again, that, that NES song is so good. I'll, I'll play the... Uh, it's better the, suited for Genesis, all this music. Yeah. yeah, I'll play a sample of this. We can talk over it, but um, it's not very good. It's a lot of... It sounds like Beavis and Butthead doing air guitar, basically. Yeah. Not nearly as catchy as the NES theme. Sting Chameleon! <laughs> Mega Man X takes on the boss. Exactly, yeah. I was thinking Mega Man X's... Uh, this, this has, like, that hardcore... 
uh, 90s butt yep. rock style yeah. that Capcom yep. loved on Super NES. One uh, music thing I did like is the intro screen where it's like him tightening yes. the gloves and like tying his shoes and it's like with yeah. the heartbeat. Yeah, and yep. then you get the like it kind of sounds yeah, like the menu music is the only standout. Again, I am the anime fan here and that like lacing up the boots and putting on the gloves is totally like an anime montage of the dude getting ready. I mean, isn't that pretty much just like an adaptation of the Rondo of Blood intro where Richter's like putting his his headband on? Could be. Could, could have some, I've could never have heard the song this long because I'm so good at Super Punch-Out. I like, I like when it goes crazy like that. That made it better than any other Punch-Out is uh, what I think uh, held it. It kept it in my field of view for a lot longer than it should have been is the time attack modes and the ability to not use a password and jump back in a circuit. It's a practice mode that all of a sudden when we're, we were 20 – my friends and I would, like, if you sneak away, someone would try and beat your score. <laughs> or if you don't show up at, at the house on time, someone would try and beat. Dude, uh, Tyson just beat your score <laughs> and, uh, on Piston Honda. 11 seconds. He got it in 10.9. Yeah, if you, <laughs> you, you can go back to every boxer and see who yep. has the best time. You can have up to, like, eight names in the game yeah, playing the, against each other. The first the first three circuits, I could beat everybody in under 10 seconds after a while. Like, we all could, like, because we study these boxers. Like, I, I, I don't know. This game is great. Yeah, it is very much a, an endurance challenge. Yeah. Like, Again, as with the arcade game, the tells are not as broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very, very subtle. Like, it'll be like a, a head movement. Yeah. It'll be like a certain body animation. They don't, like, do huge wind-ups for attacks that you have to hit with one punch and knock them out. Yeah. It's very much uh, of oh. that arcade endurance test. Watch out. If anybody pulls back from you, you're dead. Yeah. Yes, you exactly. Dead. You're in for some trouble, especially when Aaron Ryan, the Irish vampire, Aaron comes Ryan. in. I don't I don't know what he's doing. How he's, uh, I think he's just grabbing you, which is like, that's not very... Yeah, yeah he's drawing power from your soul. Considering... <laughs> like what other characters do in this game like swing clubs and spit yeah. uh, like mist in your face yeah. just grabbing the opponent is kind of like that happens in real boxing it does and they're eventually broken up <laughs> nobody when gets that. kicked in the face in in, in general boxing hey, that's, a, that's a dragon chance slam and I won't hear it so as Dave was saying they really doubled down on the weirdness of yeah. Super Punch Out they were like we're gonna make this the boxing slash wrestling game so we have um, Dragon Chan returns he's doing the kicks from between the uh, ropes or whatever and we have a, a boxer mad clown yes oh. I, I mean a wrestler mad clown who uh does circus tricks during his fight. Uh, the uh, the lucha wrestler yes. who does like he spits in your face, he headbutts you, things like that. Uh, this little man with a cane, this kabuki fighter who hits you with his hair. It's Hoy, it's, what's it? Hoy Carlo. Yeah, Hoy Carlo's a little the little kung fu master Hoy guy. Hoy Carlo. I just love doing impressions of the game. Let me let me get this yeah. out of my system. The countdown real fast. Oh right? yeah, wait. I actually have this on uh, on a on my sound up. clip. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten. Back out. That's almost You're perfect, well, Chris. Like that, um, I only have it up till uh, six, but <laughs> it's almost identical. I feel like here. each of these each of these numbers was recorded in a different room five. in a different context. Five is the best. Five, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Bang. Seven. Yeah, so I only had a six count, but it <laughs> it's is. A, it's alleged to be Charles Martinet. Really? Doing the voices it could be. Uh, uh, in this. One thing I picked up on on retrospect, the voice of Little Mac, all like three sound clips, is definitely the same guy who did the voice of Fox McCloud and Star Fox. Yeah. You can really hear it when he goes, pizza God, cake. pizza yeah. cake. Hmm. Yeah, so... So what's missing, I think, in this one, as much as I like, it feel, I mean, this game feels like the Platinum Games version of Punch-Out, even mm-hmm. though it's calling back to the arcade roots of the series. Uh, it's missing a little personality. The boxers are crazy and over the top, and, and their personalities communicated through their fighting style. Mm-hmm. But I really miss the the light narrative of the NES game, as well as the between-round banter. As with the arcade yeah. game, you just get three minutes. There's no end of the round where you talk to the guy yeah. and see him beaten up, mm-hmm. you know, in more and more with every time you see him again. And I do miss that. I mean, the, the boxers have a little quote they tell you before mm-hmm. you fight them but that's essentially it and it's weird that like all 
the you hear cornermen, but it's only for the you don't hear the cornermen. You see quotes for the mm-hmm. cornermen, but it's only the opponent's cornermen. That's right. Never your own. Doc abandoned Little Mac. Yes. Whoever this guy well, is. It, well, let's be honest. So Doc died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Affinity for chocolate. Oh. Many chocolate That's true. Yeah. That, that came out in the Wii version. That was they, they invented that. It's like when they invented Marty McFly being hating being yeah, called the, chicken. The, the NES game invented it. it just because like that's all he said is like I love chocolate and please read Nintendo. Oh, join the Nintendo Fun Club. Man, I didn't realize the chocolate thing was so buried in Punch Out Lore. Yeah, the first one. So uh, I think Dave was saying. Uh, sorry. Oh, and, and instead of um, so there there are no in between rounds. So like, what made the game more dynamic is that you knock somebody out and you can mash the Y and B buttons to get some of your health back. That's right. While the yeah. guy's down, so you're not only rooting for the guy to stay down as long as possible so you can win, and that that the sense of satisfaction of someone getting up and falling down at a punch that game, feels so good. It's yeah. still rare. It happens so rarely. I'm sure yeah. there's some AVQ guy who can make it happen on purpose. Like I'd getting up at eight and falling down at nine. Oh, yeah, so it, good. it feels really good. Yeah. So knock out. There is a lot more complexity to this, some that is not explained at all. So, uh, again, your defensive vocabulary is very important. You're not penalized for blocking attacks, so you need to block attacks because some enemies, when they launch into their super moves, they will not stop the move until you blocked all of them in a row. So blocking is very important. You have an up block, a down block, and a duck, and you need to use all those in concert along with dodging left and right. Like some attacks you need to duck at the right time. Some attacks you need to dodge to the left or the right. Some you need to block. There are like five defensive moves incorporated into your strategies against fighting Mm -hmm. all of these boxers. It's a very complex complex game. And what makes it even more complex is there is a counterpunch system in this game that is mm-hmm. not explained at all. Maybe maybe the attract mode does something with it. I forget. It's a useful but extremely important mechanic. You essentially match your enemy's attack before he can hit you. So if mm-hmm. he's punching down to the right, you launch your down to the right attack. Huh. And when you hit him, you stun him, and then you can launch into yeah, all I your mean, attacks. Yeah, I mean, that's how you beat everybody in 10 seconds. But exactly. Like, I, I didn't know that. I didn't have the words for it. Yes. <laughs> you, ha- you have the, the tiniest window of time mm-hmm. to launch these attacks. And wow. if you do, you can conceivably beat every boxer within seconds but this is a again oh a hidden mechanic I feel it feels similar to the uh, wall jump in Super Metroid that mm. it's always there uh, and, t- and you could use it and, but then eventually they tell you about it in this case they never tell you about it but it's always <laughs> okay. there yeah see I I've you know when I've played Super Punch Out my rounds have not gone that quickly and then I you know try to watch footage online and I'm like, why are they winning in five seconds? Yes. What, what don't I understand just, it, about this game? That's what I don't understand. It requires you to be a lot more aggressive. I feel yeah. uh, Mike Tyson's punch out, it's all about dodging. In this game, it, you have to attack when the enemy is attacking. Yeah. Like, if you're just dodging. What What did you say the date was on this? This was 1994. 94. Okay. So, in 98 so in this, Japan. This predates, you know, Street Fighter 3, with yes. extremely technical parries. And that's mm. exactly what I was about to bring up. Like, if you're, if you're someone who doesn't want to get, get the shit kicked out of you, as by jumping the Street Fighter, this is a good way to train you for Street Fighter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the idea that, like, if someone's coming at, someone's throwing a low right at you, that leaves their this side vulnerable. And the game generally plays it like that—that that they can't block if they're throwing a punch on that side. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I was able to understand Street Fighter a little better. Uh, what, after playing Punch Out a lot, yeah, I'm this, not good at Street Fighter. This is a very complex game if you want mm-hmm. it to be, and if you want to do high level play, it's mm-hmm. all about the counter punches. Yeah. And I feel like Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's all about uh, pre- prepping yourself for that one or two special moves each boxer has. But in this one, it's like you need to know how to defend against those, but you also need to be very aggressive in mm-hmm. hitting before they can hit you. And you will hit the wall by the third round of boxers if you don't master counter punching and you know not just uh, defense.
defending but actually attacking before you, they can attack you. Mm-hmm. So I feel this really throws people off. This is what makes people dislike this game. I hear a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of trash being thrown at Super Punch Out because it is so different than Mike Tyson's Punch Out. But I feel like it's it's doing what it wants to do and it's very good at that. It's not trying to do what Mike Tyson's Punch Out did. Um, uh, Dave, I haven't heard you talk much about this. I know you're a fan of the game. How do you compare it to Mike Tyson's Punch Out? I think I I like the original Mike Tyson's Punch Out more. Mm, I mean, okay. just because. It does feel more like boxing because there are rounds where it's like <clears throat> you're like you're desperately trying to knock a, uh, a fighter out for the third time and get a TKO, but he just escapes the round and just little things like that. And so, there's no decision if like you don't. There is decision. There is decision. In, in well, I don't know if there is in this. I uh, know actually in, uh, you lose if you don't knock yeah, out you the boxer. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. no decision. I don't think. But yeah, in, 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 yeah, in the in Mike Tyson's punch out, you could win by decision if you mm. had a certain amount of points and mm. like just the I. Like the the the, um, the special punch, the uppercut mm-hmm. in the original Punch Out feels a little bit. It's like a little bit more of a like an awesome weapon than in Super Punch Out when you get the super meter. It's literally just go to town. You can keep using like, it. Why yeah. even bother using normal punches? <laughs> yeah, like you are you're, yeah you're super powered and hit until you're punched again. And your super punch leaves you pretty yeah. vulnerable in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. Yeah, you have to know so, when to use it. It's so awesome. Like when you hit that on like <laughs> whatever on, that sound on, is. So yeah. So we, toot. It's like a bomb hits them. So Dave was saying earlier, I forgot to mention it, but uh, there's a new uh, mechanic or whatever, if you want to call it that, in which uh, instead of uh, telling you through animations and um, you know visual tells, uh, in some cases, the trainer mm-hmm. will have uh, words to say to the boxer that you're <laughs> fighting. Like that will prep you, the player, to you know know how to respond to that. Yeah. So there, there's that feedback. In terms of people like Dragon Chan, it's depicted in Chinese, Chinese huh. characters. So the language barrier also is a factor because you won't be able to, to you know respond to things you can't understand. And it might be the same for some other boxes. I forget if, if maybe some other nationalities communicate in their own language, mm-hmm. but it's at least true for Dragon Chan. I know that for sure. And we have some returning boxers from the um, the arcade game who yes. look exactly like their arcade sprites, but like very much cleaned up and HDified or whatever you want to call bull. it. Bald Bull, mm-hmm. yes, he's back. Mm-hmm. I think all your favorites are back except for Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> we have Gabby J. Uh, these these are new boxers, by the way. So Gabby J is the first guy you fight. Of course, he goes yay. Nick Brother. Yeah. Uh, we also have Mass Muscle, who's the lucha wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Charlie. Bob Charlie. He's the Bob Marley parody, believe it or not. So we have parodies of two dead celebrities in this game: Dragon Chan and Bob Charlie. Mm. We have Heike Kegero. He's the kabuki fighter, and he hits you with his hair. Uh, Aaron Ryan, the Irish fighter, and he is probably the most hideous boxer in this game. I'm like, did, again, did someone just really hate the Irish on this on this project? I don't know, but he's just got these bulbous wall eyes. Yeah, and well, it's he, like a he's like a true boxer. He's got like cauliflower ears. That's true. Just yeah, like looks like he's been punched in the face a lot. But he's he's ahead of the game in that he has an undercut, so yeah. he's he's ready for 2016 <laughs> or 2015. I don't know if they're still in. Uh, Mad Clown, of course, uses circus circus tricks. A uh, skin of bear hugger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, Narciss Prince, who I love, he's a narcissistic blonde fighter, and he gets really mad when you punch his beautiful face. He's sort of like oh. a Vega character. Uh, yeah, the Street Fighter comparisons just keep rolling. Yeah. yeah. I, it just occurred to me, Super Street Fighter had a uh, very clear Bruce Lee oh, yeah. impersonation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very long. And very long. also a Jamaican guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't so, quite Bob Charlie. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, there's still that, that kind of like... That, that spirit yeah. going on there. For sure, yeah. Like they're referencing popular uh, entertainers mm. and artists and things like that. But they landed on kind of the same specific yeah. things to parody. I well, feel like Bruce Lee's a, a pretty easy choice, but maybe not Bob Marley for your fighting game. <laughs> well, it, it, I think from what I, I, I've heard. When I think of combat and fighting, I think Bob Marley. Yes, it's a message exactly. of peace we, and we, understanding. We read into it as stereotypes, but it, I think for, they were looking at where those games were being played yeah. and what territories those games were being played and where those territories were being 
played more, they made characters who represent those regions. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I feel like Overwatch does that too. Yeah. Like uh, Overwatch, I feel like, is the modern Punch-Out. It's a different game, but mm-hmm. it has someone from every conceivable ethnicity, not everyone, of course, but the more popular ethnicities. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It has, it has someone popular from the, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. It has many ethnicities represented. But At least the top 15 ethnicities. Yes, yes. the best ones. Look for it yes. next week. But if you're from, if you're from. Speed, all in gifts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, look for my article on US Gamer. Uh, we're changing our focus soon. Uh, but I'm sad. There's a Korean person. There's a Japanese person. Yeah. There's a there's a British person. There's an Australian person. But they're not represented through stereotypes. They're represented through like more sincere ways, I think. And this game does not really tap into the ethnicities as much as Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Uh, because I think most of these guys, their personalities aren't really based on yeah. where they come Wait, from. Wait, what yeah. ethnicity is Mad Clown? Mad Clown is uh, Canadian. <laughs> he's from hell. Uh, I would say he's from the French school of clownery. Ah, yes, maybe. But uh, hilarious. Yes. Like so we have uh, two more: Hoy Carlo, Quarlo, which is the Quarlo. tiny kung fu guy, and then uh, Nick and Rick Bruiser are the final <laughs> characters. And these are just like these terrifying muscle mutants who look like they were grown in a lab. They yeah. look like they they'd be more at home in that um that muscle uh, game. Uh, oh, I forget what it's called in Japan. Mass it, muscle. Uh, it's just called muscle. It's all Ultimate like muscle. Uh, like muscle things, Kanuki Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanuki Man. That's that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Or yeah. Kaniku Man. Kaniku Man. Yeah, he looks like the Kaniku Man guy without the fin on his head. Basically, yeah. they're just like these big pink they, they muscle do, guys. They, yeah, they look like the Venture Brothers, like before they get hair and clothes. Like you <laughs> yeah. saw the first. That's a dumb reference, but still, it's a great show. People. No, you're right. Brothers. Like the the final boxer is as scary as Mike Tyson because um, instead of having like an intro animation, mm-hmm. his back is turned to you, and then when he fights, he just turns around and just like stomps towards you. So it's really it's really intimidating. He's a really hard fighter too. Uh, so what else to say about this? I, I, again, I, this could be my perspective, but I feel like this game uh, doesn't get a lot of love, of course, because um, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! was a much more important game in terms of when it was sure. released and who played it, and the Mike Tyson connection is very iconic, of course. But I, I still think we don't have enough of these because it didn't fly very well in Japan, and just that a lot of ass interview was just like, yeah, America wouldn't shut up about Punch-Out! So we thought, why don't... Yeah, why not? Who, ca- who cares? Like, let's just make a new one. Fine. America I, wants one. Yeah. This was released yeah. in 1998. I didn't know that until I Japan, saw your yeah. notes. And I thought it was a typo. Like, yeah. that's insane that it took that Yeah, long. I think it was that Nintendo Power System uh, in which you they that's put the game on a blank yeah. card. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah, so that was like Wrecking Crew 98. And yeah, but there's always there's already PlayStation 98. and N64. They left it on the Vine 2 No, the, the Excitebike games were uh, part of the BS Satellaview mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. There's, they were like Bun Bun Mario Stadium. That's right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there were some people holding on to their I, there was like a Fire Emblem game in 1998 yeah, for the Super Famicom yeah so like there had to be a market at that point so God God help you if you didn't move on but if you didn't they were there for you and Dave pointed this out I totally forgot that um the entire Super Punch-Out! is hidden in the GameCube version of 2005's Fight Night Round 2. <laughs> and uh, I don't think Virtual Console... No, Virtual Console did not exist by that point, so yeah. you couldn't play it. And also... Right little, on the cusp of Animal Crossing. Yes. Well, no, yeah, Animal Crossing was out for a while, but it mm-hmm. like... I, yeah, I was more into playing Animal Cross, uh, Punch Out in Animal Crossing, even though. Did you have to hack lag. Animal Crossing to get Punch Out? I thought it was like uh, that in Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. I think you're, there were a couple of other games. Yeah, that yeah. Were games there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were. I thought before, Zelda was one of the hack games. Oh, really? I thought it was Super Mario Brothers and Punch Out, but I know two games were only accessible mm, by cheat devices because they were maybe intended to be like a contest thing in Japan. I forget mm. what it was, but yeah. So if you have a GameCube version of Fight Night 2005, <laughs> you can play. Uh, I'm guessing an okay version. of I'm Super dying Punch to see Out. an HD version this of was, it. So please yes. let me know. This was during this awkward period where Nintendo was not like their versions of EA games yeah. did not have online play, so they needed something to yeah. boost them. So like NBA Street Volume Three had it's a Mario team. Had, yeah. Had, 
had Mario team, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'd rather just play online. Sorry. <laughs> it's, this is not a Link and Soul Calibur situation where that overrides the fact <laughs> that the other systems will be no, no Yoda? But there's no equivalent of Necrid in uh, <laughs> uh, sports games. Oh, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> So we're going to move on to some other stuff. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes. I, I have this game. I brought it home a while ago, but I, didn't, I only played a few uh, a few was... rounds. Uh, the 2009 Wii yeah. reboot, uh, I believe by, uh, is it Next Level Games that made yes. this? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My, my own dumb story is like, I think a year or two ago, I, uh, I was like you guys. I worked in an office where all the games flooded in and I played my fill of this game inside of an office, didn't own it. And then, of course, like with every Nintendo game that's not mega popular, it disappears and you can't buy it for less than mm-hmm. uh, $800 from an eBay scalper. And I yeah. find it in Tallahassee, Florida, used at Games for Less. That, that is a paid plug, by the way. <laughs> um, no. Please check them out. It, Wait, the Wii Punch-Out is really expensive now? Uh, it like it, it was for, for a second, for a hot yeah. second. It was Very hard released to find. like in 2012 or I something like that. I bought it for $30 yeah. two years ago with no manual and uh, like unsealed in a box just to have it because I like I really did like the game hmm. and the second I get home to put it in uh, Nintendo announces yeah that's one of four Wii games that we're going to release yeah. on Wii U yeah, which they just gave up oh, on oh I do that a lot yeah. that's how I got it I actually yep. came into one up and no one wanted it so I took it home and uh there's something, and I hate to sound like a weeaboo because I am, but uh, there's something about Punch Out that I associate so much with that kind of fighting anime look mm-hmm. that uh, the 3D is not so much as a put up as the sort of reinterpretations of the characters, which to be fair are still pretty faithful. But th- there's certain there's something about that that crisp anime yeah. art style that I, that is essential for Punch Out to me. Yeah, and, and it could be something Disney... I can't get over. It could be my own problem, but I, I think they did a good job with this game. But... I, yeah, I really like. No, it. I did. Like, I put it, it up there with with the original. It works, like... and I remember our buddy. Brett Elson, he just he like if you think Punch Out is simplistic, and he just did a chart in arrows of all the moves mm. Little Mac can make. Yeah, like how many? Like there, there's a stunning movement and ability in a Punch yeah. Out game that you're not even looking at. Uh, and he, yeah, in each situation, there's like one perfect thing to do. Yes. but then there are like. You know, a couple things you other can, small choices that you that can you, still recover from. This one you can't recover from. Yeah. One like, really, one really cool thing this game did, which I have not been able to access because I haven't finished it yet, is, oh, yeah. uh, is when you replay it. Of course, Punch Out is famous for having you, you rematch sure. boxers, and they they seal oh. off the weak points. Like Glass Joe's chin yeah, is guarded really now. Cool. They like they put armor on it's, them. It's, yeah. uh, so it, it locks out certain like uh, certain windows of opportunity for you, which it's is really cool. In saying that, like when yeah, when you finish the game the first time and you face Glass Joe uh-huh. again for the first time, you will likely lose to him, which is insane. That, that, that happens. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to ask, it's sort of like, well, America keeps asking for one. Next Level Games wants to do it. And they almost say, like, and we don't care. So they said, mm. just do whatever you want. And they, they made a very one on the surface. It's a very authentic punch yeah. out game. It's super authentic to the original experience. And then added a ton of new stuff in it. Yeah. I, it's, so I really the, like it. Yeah. I, I hope we get the, another one. The someday. one cameo that they get is like from the We Don't Care. Take 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 Don Gun. He's our he's your yeah. the American uh, platform guy. It was originally supposed to be Princess Peach. Uh, <laughs> and then they were like, Maybe we shouldn't have you beating up uh, Princess. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe not a good idea. They had the they had the foresight to uh, change that to Donkey Kong. I bet K one does it next year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Uh, so is there anything else about this game? I mean I, I feel like I should 
should give it more of a chance. Yeah. It's very faithful to the NES version. Um, I love the music in it. The music is all yeah. ethnic remixes, respect of the characters you're fighting. Uh, remixes of the original amazing Punch-Out theme. Yeah. Very, very sexy. I'll definitely put some of that in here. And I think it's uh, somewhat interesting that they really doubled down on the Orientalism, as you were saying, Chris. Uh, like, when you <laughs> knock out the boxer, doesn't, like, the food their country's associated yeah. with fly Baguettes out of them? fly out of uh, glass shows yeah. and, and yeah. spin around them like, like birds and I stars. feel like we always, tur- we always turn to food first when we stereotype other cultures. It's, like, the easiest shortcut. Because it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even like, deny it. Wa- watching old Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, they don't know how to uh, insult Germans because they're basically white people, so they just sort of say schnitzel. schnitzel. Yeah, things like that. So, uh, And then we have uh, Doc Lewis's Punch-Out. And Dave, can you tell me what this is? Yes. So this was originally a uh, Club Nintendo Platinum Reward thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was the same year as like – a Mario hat. So, like, I was really <laughs> on the fence about it, and I was so frustrated. I wish you would have got it. So frustrated that I did this. So, I was working at GamePro at the time, mm-hmm. and this is like the morning that the codes were available. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll bring in like my uh, whatever SD card, f- mm-hmm. and I will load it. I will use our our uh, GamePros we and download it, and we capture video, <laughs> and then I can take that home and play it on mine. And You're then I realized, too no. diabolical. <laughs> it was stuck on that system, and I wasn't able to play the game again for years until they had a fire sale at the end of Club Nintendo. Oh, they oh, sell it again? Yeah. And well, they did at the end of Club Nintendo. Okay. When the when you I was know, gonna say that that file is lost forever if you don't have it. Yeah. Well, I, I was it, able to get it for the, this the, at the very end. It's of sort of Club like Nintendo. Tingle's uh, balloon trip or yeah. whatever. I forget that was a prize for Nintendo yeah. Club or whatever, I think. Not only the biggest uh, fight we've had over grammar in the uh, game's radar offices Ooh, with uh, Michael Paris because I made this, I'm like, yes, Doc Lewis is punching. You get to play, uh, if we didn't say it, you get to play as Doc Lewis, the, yeah. the, the, How many fights the big trainer you, on the bike. Is it every fight? Is no, it just no, a no, few no. or what? Yeah, it's, just, it's, like, it's basically like a punch-out demo where you're playing as a character. Uh, okay, got you it. You can never play I as. did have that same like angst when I went I went to see the new Ghostbusters movie started mm-hmm. time to, t- to put a time to this, but like, they had a they had a preview for Br- Bridget Jones's whatever Baby. next, but it's Jones's S apostrophe yeah. S, and I'm like, Argh. yeah, I would I Don't would like freak that. out, I would have to leave. So yeah, I yeah. like I made I just made this giant panel. Doc Lewis's as Nintendo spells it on their web, website L O U I S apostrophe S. I um, I understand. Michael could not. It's Doc Louise. Why, <laughs> Doc Louise is and like, well, how could you do that? And he's, he's like, yeah. And I come back to my desk and I'm getting yelled at about grammar rules. And I just I get to send him, dude. This is the official website. You take it up with Nintendo. Take it up yes. with Nintendo. But you don't spell Final Fantasy in all caps. Yeah. Even though that's how Square exactly. Enix spells it. Ex- unless you're, we're talking about prototype, because then I always use the brackets every single time. Every single I just time. put the underscore in Watchdog. I know. <laughs> because it annoys people. Little Big Planet is also another one that I hate. Uh, uh, and no, speaking of grammatical rules, yeah. uh, I, I forgot to point out completely that like this double exclamation point thing in Punch Out—it's yeah. part of the yeah. name. Totally, it's something I only see in Japanese games. Punch, I feel like you either go from, out, yeah, two double exclamation. Points. I feel like you only see these two exclamation points in Japanese things. Like you, Americans either go for one or three, <laughs> yeah. but never two. Two it's is the exclusive same with to Punch there's Out. There's no double X here. Double X. Oh, no that's double true. X. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, there's there's no there's, there's no, just one or three. Yeah. That's all we have. And I but I do well, like double X. I don't know. Yeah. I do like uh, in Doc Luce's Punch Out. It takes place in like the dusty gym yeah. that you train in, so it feels like the end of Rocky. Was it Rocky Three? Yeah, yeah. When Carl Weathers and uh, Rocky Balboa have that like a uh, but like it's gone. Exhibition fight. I want to say during this promotional campaign, uh, they had live action Punch Out uh, commercials, 
And the person who played oh. Doc Lewis was uh, Senator Stubbs from The Wire. She. Why wasn't like, he he's, Carl he's, Winslow? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Carl Winslow. But yeah. He hasn't. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Reginald, Reginald Fell Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He's alive. We all know he's this. still alive. <laughs> yeah, but he's not on. He's, he doesn't seem to have a public face, and I'm mm. guessing there's a reason why. I, I always mixed him up with the dad from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I think <laughs> I think producers knew this what's because on one episode Shredder? of Family Matters, James Avery <laughs> James showed up, Avery. and everyone freaked out. It was like the two <laughs> large dads from television <laughs> that weren't John Goodman. So uh, I wasn't alone in that. So why, how did we get on this? I don't know. Doc but, Lewis's Punch-Out. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's technically your newest Punch-Out game. You'll then, never play it if you haven't yeah, played it. Exactly. Then you can't play it and there'll probably never be another it's one. It's the PT of Punch-Out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Oh, jeez. Yes. Ouch. Ouch. Yes, it is. It still is. hurts. Because it was if it was anything that was available for the original Wii, I believe that was hosted on GameSpy's servers. So it is hmm. gone Game forever. Spy? Oh, my God. They, got, they had their fingers in so many pies. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, so No, 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 no. No, no, no. The, the GameSpy stuff was only for DS connectivity, Wii connectivity. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah you I can still go to the Wii shop and buy stuff. You can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, uh, to my knowledge, well, no. I think maybe third-party stuff is was hosted on GameSpy, and it's gone, and no one bothered to host it anywhere else. Hmm. I, I don't know what is This is a isn't gone. job for the game detectives. Oh, my God, the Wii game detectives. <laughs> yes. No one will hire you. <laughs> this is <laughs> like the only thing we know how to do. We're so hungry. <laughs> All right, so we have one more game I want to talk about. It's unrelated, but I feel like it is the most competent Punch-Out! clone uh, of mm. which there aren't many. It's Wade Hickston's Counterpunch, a 2004 Game Boy Advance. I never played it. I watched a video of it. It seems pretty faithful to the idea of, like, fighting cartoons. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, he, I had to look this up. Wade Hickston was a real boxer. Really? Was he? I think oh, so. Are you kidding me? I believe okay. he is. I, want, I, I wanted to mention that when you opened up your Nintendo and, like, here are all, all, the, here are all the new games that are coming out. And it was like the, Sugar Ray Lewis's uh, Buster Douglas, the man who is only famous for beating Mike Tyson once and <laughs> on accident, in, yeah. on accident, had his own NES game. Yeah, and like all or, of these no. boxers had their own NES game for a while. Chris, this, I this hate to only... break it to you. Wait, wait, he's not, not real. real. No. Okay, Damn unless it, he's got really terrible SEO and his game is the only thing that exists. <laughs> Could be. His he's, not, he's not concerned with his hashtag brand. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, there's no way to play this outside of the original card or if you if you ROM it up. But it looks okay. I mean, it is very of the era in that you fight a pimp. Uh, so if you you have, think that's hilarious, I guess uh, go for it. But uh, very expressive uh, cartoony graphics. It looks more like a French style of cartooniness. I, I think it might be like a Dutch game or something. Oh, so Bear Hugger was replaced by Huggy Bear. You fight the, you fight the triplets of Belleville, in other words. Just, I'm just of, old enough to the get The son that. of the guy who played, what was that? Uh, Huggy Bear. Huggy yeah. Bear? Yeah. So uh, that's it for Punch-Out. And I just want to ask you guys before we I leave. I hope not. I mean, that's it for our discussion. But my question has to deal I with if it could be it for Punch-Out. Like, how can Punch-Out be relevant today? I feel that um, I feel that uh, the Wii Punch-Out kind of leaned really heavy into the, the Orientalism. And I feel like that was kind of the last time you could do that without mm. uh, angering people. Mm-hmm. And again, I uh, think what you want about it. But I, I feel like Overwatch is a, very, is a much smarter and much more approachable version of representing people based on where they're from. Mm. And I feel like Punch-Out could thrive if it made that approach again. Yeah. And I would really love to see Super Punch-Out be updated. I feel like they will keep returning to the NES well because that's what Nintendo does. But I feel like we can still have a Punch-Out. I feel like yeah. maybe VR would be the place for Punch-Out. Who yeah. knows? Like, uh, I, I that's my that's That my game was called Teleroboxer and it was crap. Oh, you're right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what about Wii Boxing? I feel like that was like, yeah. uh, like a step Exhausting, towards terrible. that. It, it's, it's very bad. But I feel like that is what the original Punch-Out could have been if they went for that boxing yeah. love, uh, you know, input. And it is input. so like... There is a two-player version. I don't know if it was, yeah. I never played it. I don't it. know if there was, it was a, like a, a mandate for 
punch out on Wii, but you could play that with oh. with by mm. moving the uh, the nope. Wii remote and nope. thumbstick, and also nunchuck, we call and, it. and nunchuck. Sorry, <laughs> and also going on the balance board to dodge. It's like mm-hmm. no, this the is, balance board. No, yeah, nobody mm. has that level of oh, like. That's right. I assume like eighty million ability. people had the Wii Fit balance board, so they're like, yeah. we need some other way to use I, this. I think Punch Out was a game. Uh, was probably very special character design, uh, unique characters, and there's yeah. a way to do that, and there's not a lot of places to do that other than a game where you fight people briefly. Uh, and I, the, the idea that the Wii Punch-Out didn't change arenas ever. So if uh. this is a fighting game, make new stages. Like, just give <laughs> yeah, me some, some kind of eye candy because you're not really designing that much. Again, um, like Overwatch, like Street Fighter, yeah. uh, make the arenas reflect the country yeah, you're fighting really in, neat. something like that. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Um, Jeremy, I, how do you feel about Punch-Out in the future? Do you think this is a series that could come back? I feel like... We just saw, to date this episode, we just saw Nintendo re- uh, announce the NES Mini, which, uh, again, Nintendo always goes back to the NES well, and Punch-Out is going to be relevant again. Everyone wants to, wants to play it again. And I feel like there's always a chance for more. How do you feel about that? I think they need to look to Takeda's ideas for Super Punch-Out that were cut, you know, mm. like the, the kicking and the weapons. They need to make Super Punch-Out, like maybe not call it Super Punch-Out, but make an MMA game ah. where it's like, you know, actually – you know, get that that you know the, the the gymnastics and martial arts and stuff in there, and Grounding. create more diversity than just punching. Um, I feel like not only would that be a more complex game, but also probably more appealing because MMA is a lot more popular. Than it's boxing. really popular. I yeah. was at a bar last night and it was on. I was like, yeah. oh, I guess people care about and this. How about a three-player mode where one of you plays <laughs> the referee and the other plays to sneak stuff past? That him. sounds like <laughs> he's got a rust- kendo stick in his shorts. That sounds like a rusty slugger thing. You know, like now you're the referee, now you're the glove, now you're the shoe. All these mini games. Let's, uh, yeah, let's see a rusty slugger version of Punch Out. I'll do that. I, I see legacy of uh, Punch Out every time I play Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter ah. to me, it's, it's one of the unsung, uh, I think, inspirations for the game. Uh, you are a tiny character up against a giant character who, in one move, can wipe you out completely. Mm. But you have to learn to read his tells, learn how to dodge almost anything he can do, and you, it takes some mm. trial and error. Uh, that but, explains why I like Monster Hunter. I think. <laughs> no, I think yeah. I think. It's it has a little street fight a lot of Street Fighter mixed in, oh, yeah. in there as well, but like Monster Hunter is essentially a, a punch out game where you craft things. That's a great way to sell it to people in this modern age. It's never worked, so let's <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> Even though Punch Out would probably always be more popular than Monster <laughs> yes, Hunter, exactly. regardless of the oh, year in America. I don't know if we're gonna see any more of Punch Out. Like I don't think the new one did well enough on Wii and you know, we we have little Mac in the uh, new Smash Bros. Name a popular be... brand invented by Nintendo in the last ten years. Yeah. Ex- I'll give you Excite Truck. Mm. You can have that. <laughs> Maybe Nintendogs, but I, don't, I think they that have looks no like choice earlier. but to go back and reevaluate everything, which they seem to do from time to time. Yeah. So I, I hope so as well. Well, I am hopeful too. But thanks so much for discussing this with me today, guys. I think we had a fruitful discussion. Punch. I was <laughs> worried that we would not be able to speak long enough about this, but we all came with Punch Out Love, and <laughs> these games are surprisingly complex for being yeah. like somewhat superficially simple on the surface. Mm-hmm. Surface? The surface. So as for contact info, you can find out how to support the show if you listen to our commercial break. And I probably threw a cool anime song under my my voice. Uh, You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for Something Awful and, of course, usgamer.net, which also helps host this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to my other podcast, Talking Simpsons. It's a chronological exploration of The Simpsons I do with Chris and sometimes Dave. Mm -hmm. And every episode of the show is a different episode of The Simpsons. We're doing an order. By this time, we should be in season four. And it's a lot of fun. If you like The Simpsons, you'll like to hear us talk about it, presumably. I hope so. This is Peak Simpsons. Yes. In uh, what, like three or four years, you'll finally do the Homer boxing episode? 
Oh, Maybe. yeah. The Homer They Fall. Season I mean, 8, it's still good. It's still good. We'll all it's season jump. 8, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, I also write and podcast and do video stuff for Laser Time. Hey. Yeah. Now you'll know what I'm referencing every time I do something well in a stream. I still do super punch out lines. Got him. <laughs> Piece of cake. I that's, prefer That's what cake. I'm doing. Pizza cake. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm doing. We, uh, Laser Time, uh, Bob, you've been on there a couple times recently. We yeah. have a, a big show with you coming up. Uh, it might have been up. It might be up by the time you just post. Uh, but also, uh, 302010, I wanted to plug that because that if, you, if you're interested in things, let's say, that are not just video games, 302010 takes, takes a look at uh, things that happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago from that week. And it's really interesting because we're in, we're in 86 at this point, and not a lot is happening with um, the NES, but over on the Famicom, a bunch of new stuff is coming out. Up to like Zelda's at this point is way out in Japan, but has America has no idea what it is. It's by, great. By the time this episode launches, I think you guys will have be, will be talking about <laughs> Alf finally. Yes, we'll I've be talking about Alf. That. The Nintendo sixty four will have launched. <laughs> yeah. um, like all that good stuff. Cool. Thirty twenty ten is my new favorite jam, and I just happen to be on it. Where does Mister Belvedere fall in that rubric? I think, was it? He's was like eighty five. I think. I think. My God. Uh, yeah, it was like eighty four to like ninety or something mm, like that. Okay. Yeah, you guys talked about it before, but uh, oh, we did the because it was a yeah. very special episode about what was it abortion or like huh. overeating like. And for some reason, I think... Those are two different things. Are you sure? I'm I'm a man. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But all I know is for some reason, everyone I know knows that Mr. Belvedere knocked himself out once by sitting on his balls. He did. And I don't know how we all know that, but we do. Everyone's nodding their head. Legends of Brock Toon. Yes. (laughs) Wait, that was a... Point, a plot point in the show or no, it happened no, no. to the, the actor. actor actually sat on his own testicles just, and knocked himself out let's go edit Speaking the wiki and make out. it both please <laughs> <laughs> inspired by that's, real life events that's the weirdest way to knock somebody out and punch out <laughs> make them sit on their bench wrong stop sitting on his balls <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so Jeremy after that tasteful conversation let us know where to find you I don't want anyone to find me now <laughs> you're part but of this uh, I'm sorry you're part of this you can, you can look at, for me on twitter <laughs> as gamespite at usgamer.net and curating GameBoy.world. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week with a brand new mini episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.